Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. And Okay, so sorry, sorry. Well, he got really pixelated at one point. Uh, and we keep in touch, obviously, through the power of social media, Skype, podcasting, etc. So I'm going to be asking Dan and Rachel about uh, their travel specifically and about uh, this company they launched called Blogging Concentrated, which helps bloggers uh, build up the audience and uh, make a living a full-time income as businesses. Uh, so, uh, Dan and Rachel, where in the world are you guys, and how are you doing over there in your studio today? We are in Nashville, Tennessee. We are we are within two thirds of the United States population, right smack dab in the middle of the population center. I love Nashville. I actually got flown over there by Lexus for a media trip. We got to drive around Lexus's around Nashville. We went to. Uh, to the uh, Grand Opry, we went to, there's a racetrack around there, we went to that, uh, the Athens-looking Coliseum, randomly in the middle of uh, Nashville. Oh yeah, you got to see that, dude, the Parthenon. The Parthenon, well, you know, who would think there'd be a Parthenon in the middle of Nashville of all places? Yeah, I believe it was uh, 1870, something like that, the World's Fair, 1917, that's when it was. They built it for the World's Fair, they had a, uh, they built a, a, a pyramid the life-size replica of the one in Giza, and then the life, the, the only life-size replica of the Parthenon in the world. And then one other thing, I don't remember what I'm it was. I'm looking it up, the power of the internet. <laughs> well, one other thing, and um, for some reason the pyramid is gone, but the Parthenon stands. <laughs> this is why you guys have a business partner, because you know when one person is doing a podcast, the other person can be looking the correct info on Wikipedia or Google. Uh, so Dan and Rachel, <laughs> Dan and Rachel, if you can uh, share a little bit about yourselves, uh, you know, a lot of people know you uh, because you're quite uh, influential in the blogging community. Uh, but maybe uh, uh, the digital nomad community have yet to know your beautiful names. Uh, so Dan and Rachel, uh, if you want to quickly share a backstory of you, both of you, I mean your individual backgrounds and how uh, you came together to form a blogging concentrated. Sure. So Rachel and I met, what do you think, four years ago now? Five? Almost five. And we've been running uh, a business that's sort of morphed into a travel business, which I, I think to some degree is the, is the concept of the secret. You dream about something and, and it comes because we sort of created a business where we travel, pay to come to the events, and then just by selling tickets to the events, we get to go wherever we want to go. So we've done tours of New Zealand and Canada. Uh, not that Canada is typically exotic for North America. <laughs> enjoy. We really enjoy Canada. I think, I think we enjoy going there quite a bit. Um, I would say so much that we had to become friends with the Canadian Border Patrol. 
Yes. <laughs> we even got like a special little visa thing to go back and forth the to Canada. The Nexus card. Welcome to Canada, they say. Dude, do you, do you have Nexus? Uh, no, I don't. I actually don't go to the U.S. At the border, I'm too busy globetrotting. Uh, but uh, obviously, it would be advantageous to have Nexus uh, to speed up the border control when we need it. Yeah, we found that Nexus card to be the cheapest way to get all the other stuff. Uh, Global what? entry and TSA pre-check. It all came together, and if you're if you live near the border, it's really easy. You just have to be interviewed at one of the border station areas, and then get all your stuff. Scans, smile. Sign a dotted line a couple times. Give your first horn, and you're good to go. Yeah, so that's our that's our first travel tip. If you're if you want global entry and TSA pre-check, you can get them in one fell swoop by getting the Nexus card in Canada for fifty dollars instead of like two hundred dollars. It's fantastic. So, <laughs> yeah, yes, we go started, on. We started as a travel company without really even thinking about that's what we have been. We picked a location to have our first blog and concentrated event in a city that was a thousand miles away just because we had a friend there who would help us on the ground uh, bring people to the event. And then ever since then, we've been picking cities that we want to go to that we think probably have, you know, we, we have some connections to bloggers that we could work our way through and put together an event. Um, and I think we've, I don't know if we've done a hundred events, but we've done quite a few events at this point. I added up our miles that we did in like the first year or one of the years, and it was close to a hundred thousand. Because just between all the travel back and forth and everything, it was it was pretty cool. So we have we've enjoyed that aspect of of the business, and and I would say from my history, which is not that different from Rachel's. Uh, <laughs> my dad was military, so I traveled my entire life, and then after high school when I left my house I've been traveling ever since and for me travel is I don't know is the joy I would rather have no car and a tiny apartment and spend all my money going to cool places than than have a really fancy car and a big house and not go anywhere I think you're the same yeah I'm totally the same I didn't travel as much as an adult but as a child my dad my mom and dad would get us all together in in February or March and say all right do you want to go east or west? Because I grew up in Minneapolis, and Minnesota is right in the middle of the country, so we would always get to vote, and my dad would be saying, west, west, west. So most summers, we would take about three weeks, and we'd pile up in my mom and dad's van, and we would just drive west. We would go all over. I've probably seen almost every national park in the western United States because my parents wow. instilled that love of travel and sometimes I, I look and I'll think, well, I haven't traveled as much internationally, but in the States, I've, I've seen a lot of stuff. And I think I look back at what my parents and what they gave me and what a gift it was that they decided to take those weeks in the summer and pack all of us kids in the car and deal with us without electronics in a car for weeks. Yeah, and that would, I mean, that would extend to college for me. I lived in Romania and I, I taught at the university in Romania in college. And that's when I really became pretty much a backpack traveler, figuring out how do, how do you get from Romania to the rest of Europe without spending a lot of money and seeing everything, you know, taking night trains from one city to another so you sleep on the train or taking the night boat so you can sleep on the boat. Um, um, travel, is, travel is what we have been doing this year, I think, 
we're in a bit a bit of a transition. So we've, I think we've been here at home base a lot more than we have the last few years. I wanted to add though about the home base because of what we get to do. I, and I didn't realize this until recently. So I moved in the last year from Minneapolis to Nashville. And I was able to do that because of the way we set up our business is I like people say, why'd you move to Nashville? And I've been saying, well, I've been commuting here for four years and they're like, Oh, for work. I'm like, well, mm. I guess, but it, what the business that we created allowed the freedom for both of us to kind of just say, where do we want to, to live? Where do we want to establish home base? So that was a level of freedom that I realized that not a lot of people actually had. Absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, the beautiful thing about being a blogger, running your online uh, uh, courses is you can work from anywhere around the world as long as you have good Wi-Fi, which is the hardest thing about being a digital nomad, finding good Wi-Fi, especially here in Georgetown, Guyana. We've been trying to do these uh, interviews and trying to uh, connect with uh, coaching clients on Skype and boom, it gets dropped halfway through. So hopefully uh, through this podcast, videocast, we'll have uh, good Wi-Fi throughout. So Danny, Rachel, Rachel tell us a little bit about that. About good Wi-Fi. So four years ago in June, I was able to go document a mission trip in Haiti. And everybody that came on the, the mission trip was told no Wi-Fi, like no electronics except for me. So all the teens would be like, do you have your phone and stuff? But there was a moment where I was trying to upload one picture to Facebook. And I remember I had like one of those little kind of sticks that you put in the side of your computer to try to connect into the phone network. Standing in a field in the middle of Lakai, Haiti, holding the computer up as high as I could, walking around trying to get this one picture to upload. And it was about 10 minutes of it circling, circling, and then it would fail. And then I'd try again. But I remember it because here I was in the middle of this country, like there's cows roaming by me, and I was desperately, desperately trying to get a picture to upload. It was the dichotomy of technology with where I was. I wonder if the cows... Uh, yes, yes, being in the choir, you know, I have to often do that. I got to, like, uh, you know, uh, find the good lighting, the good sound, the, the good video, and then, you know, eventually you find something that works, but then the lighting doesn't work, or the sound doesn't work, or the video. It's very hard to find all, all three elements together. Lighting, sound, or composition, etc. Dude, so, uh, you know uh, I'd love to hear a little bit about uh, blogging concentrated. Uh, I, I'm, uh, you know, a part of it, and I love the community. I love meeting other uh, bloggers from around the world. Tell us a little bit about what made you guys start uh, blogging concentrated. You? That would be you. That would I be me. We share questions on interviews. <laughs> sometimes I take the question. Sometimes she takes the question. So it's like wrestling. It is. I don't know if it's like wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a Tag lot team. of surprise. So when 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 I was in my previous life, I, I was working for an infomercial company, helping drive traffic from from people's couches, from the TV, all the way to the website, and. Uh, series of steps it, it came it came to us that maybe we should be using this information to help bloggers who are trying to make an income you know making a full-time income at home because that seemed to be a lot more fulfilling than helping large companies make another three percent profit and and when we did that we we had a lot of good feedback a lot of people said they were able their husbands were able to quit their job or 
you know, or something like that that just makes you really feel good. So we put together seven curriculum. Mm -hmm. We put together seven curriculum that are eight hours uh, each one, uh, where we kind of specialize in a, in a topic and work all around that topic for the day. And we really try to get the bloggers to focus on the business as a business instead of focusing on it as a blog, I would say. I mean, a lot of people do blog link blog linkies and link ups and and then they they do a lot of TV interviews, but they don't really just think about how do I make this business work? And even today, one of the I guess one of the bigger bloggers that, that in our network, um, we think maybe they, they even hung it up because it's just hard if you don't have a really good long-term strategy for how does the money come in two years from now or three years from now? What are, what are we actually building? Um, so we have been taking the, the seven or eight curriculum uh, and doing one or two per city when we travel. If we do two days, we do two different curriculum. Um, trying, to, trying to help people morph just from the idea that I write and I have an online presence to I actually have a career and I have analytics and I have goals and I control my money and I know how to move my people to the income and I know how to serve my audience with things that build my business you know instead of just today I think for me what the biggest thing I've learned in the four or five years since we've been doing this now is that it's not even really like you're blogging to write. You have to look at yourself and what you're creating as an actual brand and a business in that way. Like we always have talked about what product are you going to create? Well, that's part of it. Maybe you are the product or maybe you have something else because if it's just about blogging or getting another sponsor or all of that, it's short term. I've, we've observed, like Dan was saying, bloggers year after year and you can see the, the rate, the drop-off rate, and the people that actually have the tenacity to make it, there is some pivot point where they realize it's not just about this short-term burst of energy. What is the, the sustaining plan in 10 years? And it's hard to think that way, but unless you think that way, or even five years or two years, but unless you make that pivot into realizing how are you going to use this to pay, to pay the bill so you could travel in two years from now, in two years from now, chances are you're going to have to hang it up otherwise. So it's really being focused with what you do and say no to and what you say yes to. Hmm. Absolutely. Uh, you know, there's so few yeah, you know, career so bloggers. Career you know, I can literally bloggers. count them in a few handfuls. Uh, a lot of bloggers, they try to do what you said, uh, build a brand, build a business, uh, uh, do their media kits, uh, you know, get the readership, and then attempt to monetize. Uh, but for some reason, uh, they struggle. They struggle with maybe a few hundred dollars a month, and I'm sure you've seen these stories. Uh, so what would you say uh, differentiates uh, the career bloggers who really do make full-time income, maybe at least two to 3,000 US per month uh, to survive, survival income, and then obviously more? Um, what would differentiate them in terms of uh, their income versus other bloggers who have done uh, kind of the tips you said, building the brand, uh, building up the readership, but just aren't, the money's not coming in? For me, it would be, I think a lot of the career bloggers had some timing on their side in the beginning. I think that there was not necessarily luck, but just in the same idea that, that uh, Bill Gates, you know, happened to live near a computer lab at a school where his dad worked, and he had an opportunity to work in the computer lab, 
you know, in junior high and high school when nobody else was even near a computer in order to actually become an expert at something that nobody else even knew about. You know, some of that's just timing and proximity. Uh, you know, kind of like, you know, if you get in at the beginning of a multi-level marketing company, you know, there's a much better chance you're going to do well than if you come in the, you know, the last year it exists. So there is some timing involved. And then I think a huge part now for people who really do well, like Casey Neistat, the YouTuber who went from zero to a billion in, you know, in a year, mm -hmm. is focused. Mm -hmm. um, I think if, you, if your spouse has a job and you don't really need to make money, it's a, just kind of a hobby, but you want to make money, that's, I'm going to try this this week. But I don't, I'm not hungry enough to really, really focus on did it work and how do I make it work and where, how do I, you know, live and breathe making this work? That's just kind of like, well, I tried this, but it didn't work. So maybe I'll try Amazon Associates next week. Um, I do think that those people who aren't hungry, who don't have to survive, you know, don't have to make money to survive, I think that's a problem. Um, but, but, and I think that just boils down to focus. If you have to, if you have to make money to eat, I mean, it's a different it's a different world online than if you just have if you're just doing it for fun and you want to make money yeah I think there's that I think there's also this herd mentality that I always have said for a long time if I'm running a race and I'm, I'm with the pack I'm not I'm I, sh I need to do something different because I don't want to be in the herd with everybody else because how do you differentiate yourself where you can really change and then in the last was it maybe three months ago, we heard this man who works side by side with Steve Jobs and it just changed my whole perspective and solidified my thinking. And he said that when they were developing the iPod, he would talk with Steve Jobs and he, he gave, Steve gave this analogy about playing on the basketball court and he said, you see if everyone's shooting at this end of the hoop, I don't want to shoot there, I want to go shoot where nobody is. And I think that is, I really truly believe that's what separates the people that kind of fizzle and the people that sustain themselves is I really believe that to be successful you have to you have to kind of separate yourself from what everybody else is doing and figure out what works for you and your audience and be authentic in that type of way and work on building a business that provides a solution to something and be like Dan was saying unbelievably focused with it no matter what like if there's this Pinterest strategy or I mean you can go on Facebook all the time and there's a hundred new programs is unless it's specific to my audience I just need to say no to that it's being it's knowing what I need to say no to and what actually will build my business today so this year we haven't done as many workshops and a little bit is because of this situation that we're in outside of blogging but another is because and this is very similar to you Ricky is that you know, I think that you're going to be successful because this, this year you're not doing Vancouver workshops, which I think can stagnate you. No, I'm not. And we're not doing blogging concentrated workshops as much because we don't want to be a just a workshop company. And, kind of, and I think that your trip around the world and all the stuff that you're doing makes you makes you interesting. You were doing Vancouver workshops, you've reinvigorated the business a different way this year. Like we're gonna take on YouTube this year. We've been working real hard on it the last few months to put stuff together, uh, to change kind of what we've been doing. Because I think if you don't innovate, to some degrees you, you stagnate. Um, and 
you know, for me, I think when you go back to Vancouver, if that ever happens, and you start doing those workshops again, they're going to be completely different. Mm -hmm. You have a different viewpoint of the world. You've learned different things. You're going to bring with you a set of knowledge from around the world that you didn't have when you were doing them last time, and that's going to make them interesting again. Not that they weren't interesting before, but you know, you do them every month. And after a while, Ricky, Ricky's doing another workshop this month is different than, you know, like people standing in front of Best Buy overnight waiting for the iPhone. I think we're trying to innovate, you know, and I think part of part of being successful is doing this, figuring out how do we do something like Rachel said on the other side of the court where no one is that will just be awesome for new people, something different. Yeah, I learned that innovate part, Ricky, a lot when we did after we did our first New Zealand trip, after we had done a Vancouver event with you. And we on that trip was when I went to a coffee shop there and they handed me the receipt and said this is good for 30 minutes of Wi-Fi or 50 megabytes. And I remember thinking, I don't know how much data that is. Like both Dan and I were thinking, is that one how email? much data do we get? Or maybe it was even less than that. And it totally flipped our perspective on data and Wi-Fi and media consumption and how we present stuff to the world. And every workshop after that shifted because we would give that analogy. But unless we had put ourselves in that environment where we saw that, we would not have had that perspective. Uh, yeah, definitely. I, I love your insights there about uh, you know the differentiation between career bloggers and um, you know the wannabe career bloggers. And thanks for bringing up my story as well. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I left Vancouver, BC, Canada, December sixth, uh, twenty sixteen been traveling for six months continuously with my wife and kids. And uh, yeah, definitely your perspective changes remarkably and you change on a very deep internal level and a deep, uh, you know, uh, your mindset changes, uh, you get more compassionate, et cetera. And who knows, I don't know if I will uh, come back to Vancouver and do workshops again. I'm currently planning like summits online because uh, you know, there's a lot of overhead with doing events, uh, renting the space, uh, uh, the logistics of an in-person event. But when I do online summits, there's very uh, little or very different overhead. So uh, this year, um, in the fall, we'll be running uh, Digital Nomad Mastery, uh, the online summit, where we'll be bringing uh, together digital nomads from around the world through the beauty of technology such as Google Hangouts and Skype and uh, um, Zoom, et cetera. And we'll be actually educating people how to make money while traveling the world. Uh, so very much taking my skill set, which is uh, event production, uh, marketing, et cetera, and just uh, virtualizing it, <laughs> digitizing it. It's awesome, man. That is. Thanks. So Dan and Rachel, uh, I, I definitely want to keep focusing on the blogging side of things because, I mean, you are called Blogging Concentrated. Uh, for those that do make it as career bloggers, what would you say are the common um, uh, uh, kind of the financial uh, income streams that career bloggers uh, uh, get? Is it a sponsored post? Is it uh, creating known products around the blog? Straight up. Advertising, what have you found are uh, um, kind of like the income streams of, streams of career bloggers? I think the number one income stream is risk protection. I think that that's what separates the little guys is figuring out how do I make money in November and then how do I make sure that I make either that same money in November or I'm prepared to make different money the following November thinking through the cyclical part of human nature of 
people are searching for Valentine's Day stuff in February. So if you're money, I mean, if you run a Christmas site, you got to figure out all right, how does this, how is this going to fit into the lives of my audience all year long? Um, and you, you really have to be conscious of the spikes. Where do I get traffic each month? And then figure out how to monetize that traffic because one source isn't for everything. You know, like Rachel's site, Finding Joy, Rachel writes about motherhood and uh, parenting and uh, confidence and other things that you cannot buy. And because they're concepts that are not purchasable, yes. the, the AdSense becomes a strategy that's not, it's not the best strategy because AdSense is based on commercial intent. You know, and all, all the ads that actually pay are based on things that you buy. So she doesn't have the right keywords for that. So she'll be a full-time professional blog, but it's going to make different kind of money than my parents' site, Front Porch Ideas, which is all commercial. So it makes almost all its money on advertisements, you know, that are our commercial intent. If you don't, if you don't see that your site is unique and different than every other site in the world, and that you need to apply monetization strategies based on what your audience does with you, then you will end up following and doing the monetization strategies that everybody else does, only because other people do them, not because they're necessarily the best thing for your site. You know, we tell people all the time, one red dot on the left side of your site moves your reader's eyeballs to the left. And that's different from your, you know, the sites that you compare yourselves to, where they don't have that red dot. They're just, they just have something else. So their, their reader's eyeballs move a different direction. Um, we know who's your homemade. You know, they make a full-time income from sponsored posts. Um, and more than that, I mean, they do really well with sponsored content. Um, like I said, my parents make a full-time income from AdSense. Um, we make full-time income from uh, an advertising network, from sponsored content, from workshops, from t-shirt sales. Uh, you know, we have a variety of sources that, that drive the traffic or drive the monetization each month. And that's, you know, entirely based on how do we serve the audience and then how do we fit business building monetization into that, that serving. Well, I was going to add, so you, my perspective too is if you've ever, and you've done this, Ricky, like people, I've known people that have planned events or let's just say people have a wedding and then they get it and the wedding's done and they have this letdown because they're not having the insight to think about what's next. And so for me, the people that actually make it professionally are always thinking, like we, we're, I'm writing a book right now, and, but I know that it's not the end of constantly be thinking, What's the next step? What's the next source of income? I was thinking about how do I then you're stuck. Like Target never goes into a quarter without a plan for what's going to happen next quarter or next or next year. And yet so many bloggers kind of just run off of adrenaline. And there's a certain point where there's no more adrenaline left. And if you don't have your audience prepared to, to know what's next, that's, I think, when burnout happens and when most of them decide, you know what, I can't do this anymore. So it's this combination of understanding that the income is diversified and it's different depending upon your site and your audience. And then, to me, deciding not to play in the court where everybody else is playing, figuring out what's different and innovative and what's good for your audience, but also always constantly thinking about what's next, what's the next step. Hey, speaking of that, did you meet Scott Payton through the stack? Mm -hmm. Yes, Scott Payton. Sorry. Did you meet Scott Payton through the BC Stack? 
Oh, no. Uh, by the way, John is referring to my co-host. Scott is currently in London with his girlfriend, so he's on a podcast interview break, so I'm going solo for the next few episodes. Uh, Scott, Pat, and me, we're actually buddies from Vancouver, BC, Canada, and Scott uh, uh, spoke at a few of my events, including that you guys spoke at Blog Mastery. Uh, he was teaching people about how to podcast during the lunch break. Uh, and uh, Scott uh, teaches people how to get on Udemy. Uh, so if any of you guys are watching or listening who want to get uh, your courses published on Udemy, definitely Scott's one of the main guys to talk to. He helped me publish my uh, first digital course on Udemy. I have a few self-hosted, uh, but, but when I switched from self-hosted to actually getting onto Udemy, boom, I exploded. We have about 6,000 students, and uh, literally every day I'm getting purchases, and I, I check my uh, revenue uh, coming in, and I'm like, oh, my God, like, you know, purchase, purchase, purchase. So it was a really good move, uh, and I highly recommend uh, using Udemy. Even though uh, the actual amounts you're getting aren't huge, um, uh, it might be just a few dollars here and there, but it adds up, and it's all uh, because you do the work once, you put it on Udemy or Kindle or YouTube, whatever your method of choice is, and you get passive income. So uh, Dan and uh, Rachel, I'm curious to see uh, how does blogging concentrated actually help bloggers? Because I know you have a wealth of uh, uh, courses, online teaching, support, etc., including both online and offline. You do your workshops, plus you have like courses, coaching, uh, mentorship, uh, etc. Tell us a little bit about what uh, support uh, bases you offer bloggers and influencers. Well, I would say that our primary monetization has been our BC Prime membership module, where we put all of our courses and books and tutorials. But I, I think that the way we help bloggers best is probably through one-on-one -on -one consultations, where we come up with a plan that we help them implement. Uh, we'll do, well, for instance, a keyword theme map, where we figure out all of the all of the terms that people search for, eating that that person's, you know products and services uh, and then we put them into a, a map that dictates how do they all link together what platform would this keyword be on that supports another one on your site so that we can start to drive traffic um, from the search engines and then we build that out into actually a, a full year's editorial calendar based on all things that people search for you know actually speaking about what people actually want not the kinds of things that you invent that they want um, and then that becomes the social media calendar, it becomes the editorial calendar, and it gives them purpose. Like this is what we're doing this week, and this is how it supports the blog post you wrote last month. And this is how it's going to support something you're writing next month. Um, you know, we're getting an index this month so that we'll, so we'll have link juice to something next month. Uh, that kind of strategy I think is probably the way that we help bloggers the best. Mm -hmm. um, because uh, BC Prime has got a ton of stuff in it, but it does require you to have focus, it requires you to really be able to to look at examples and then somehow figure out how does that apply to my situation. And even more important, why should I not do this, or why should I do this for my business? Because there's a lot of you know there's a lot of content in there about monetization and traffic that may not apply to your business. And the smartest people in the world, you know, online will figure out you know what I get how this works. I see the example. I see the case study. And I see the nuance that would make my situation different, and this is how I would tweak it. So unless you have that ability, I think that you're better off, from my perspective, 
working with us in the beginning and then using VC Prime on, on the back end to keep going. Personally, that, that's what I think. Well, I think that both Dan and I have a history of planning. Like Dan built Walgreens for a long time, and then uh, which is you know being the developer, understanding all the processes. And then I was merchandiser for Pier One Imports for a long time, so I would go into brand new stores and pretty much put the store together and understood the process and the buying process of customers coming in, knowing specifically even the traffic patterns that they would take and how to move stuff and so that it would increase sales. Well, I think that a lot of bloggers start and they start running, but they don't have that plan. Like you would never build a Walgreens or a, we always give the example of a Subway franchise. You wouldn't build it without a plan. So I think, and I actually know that our greatest strength that we offer people at what they've built so far and we figure out the schematics the plan how are you going to get it from point figuring out what the next points are that you're going to move to but not only that figuring out where there's holes in the structure and figuring out what is the actual blueprint and the schematics that you need to make this business sustainable because without understanding that you need let's just say website security you're putting yourself at risk, maybe not at the moment, but two years down for it to be hacked, and then there's greater risk. So we'll look and we'll do risk assessments, we'll look at money, we'll do all that, and basically we come back to bloggers and online entrepreneurs with here's the big plan, here's the big picture, where do you wanna go, and here's all the steps of how you wanna implement it. And then a lot of them have us say, help them through the monetization part or teach them that. and. To me, that's our greatest strength, is the ability to come in and see what's there and then dissect it and create the bigger, the bigger plan and vision. Awesome. Uh, thank you for those insights. Uh, I'm uh, interested in the whole membership model. Uh, uh, we've done about 25, 30 interviews already, and no one's really uh, succeeded at membership sites yet, until you guys. Uh, uh, because uh, what happens with membership sites is uh, you, do, you push it out there, and uh, sometimes you get a lot of people at the beginning, and then you get the attrition. So tell us a little bit about how you guys have succeeded both with the acquisition and especially about the retention. So. I think membership sites are not for beginners. I don't, they're not for newcomers. Um, we were just speaking with a potential client the other day who wants to build a big audience and wants to monetize it with a membership site, but that's not really how it works. Um, I, I was telling her that, you know, if, if Nike decided to create a, a marathon membership course to run marathons, like people would sign up in droves. Mm -hmm. But that's only because Nike has spent the last 30 years proving that they're that they're going to help you. I mean, they've proven it over and over and over again. Um, and even this concept that we've seen lately of masterclass with, you know, with James Horner doing a, a class on you know how to write scores to movies, like instantly th these kinds of people with that kind of success make you want to buy that course. Um, so I, I think for a membership. You, you need to first establish that you are an expert in something mm -hmm. in your industry. Um, and people want what you have to know or what you have to give. And then the second part is you need to be giving that information out 
kind of to prove that, whether it's in podcast interviews, um, whether it's on your site, whether it's a guest, whether it's in a book, so that people can see that you have the keys that are going to help them get to where they want to do personally. Because people only pay for things that they find of value. And then when you want to start a membership site, we really think for the most part, on day one, you know, it's a little bit like crickets chirping. If you have a forum inside your membership and you have four people that sign up, like, what are they going to do? Just chat with each other and realize they're the only four? So we think that your best strategy is to come out with a product, like a challenge. And I think we did the 21-day SEO challenge to start the membership. So a 30-day challenge, a two-week challenge, or, or some sort of challenge that you can get a lot of people excited about um, at once. And you get them to join the challenge, and that challenge becomes your membership. That becomes, you know, when you join this challenge, you're gonna get two weeks of tutorials, a Facebook group, you know, whatever that is. And you get a bunch of people in there at once and make them lifetime members. They're the first people to raise their hand and say, I am willing to spend money for stuff that you put together. And then that becomes your membership because now people are in it. And now you can sell, once, this, once it's over, you can sell the archived version of it. You know, join our membership now and not only are you gonna get future content and here's what our next challenge is going to be, but you're also gonna get the 21 day SEO challenge that we did with you know, 480 people last month uh, that you could go through because now there are people in the funnel. Like they, there's something for them to do. They can chat amongst themselves. It's not like crickets. You know, there's all kinds of energy. There's nothing passive about membership, like you say. There's nothing. Attrition is a real thing. People who become lifetime members will unsubscribe from your podcast or from your email. Uh, people will will cancel your monthly membership after X number of months. Not because that you're bad, not because they're bad, but it's just human nature. Like, you know, you've probably subscribed to a magazine and at some point you stopped subscribing to it. Not for any reason other than you just moved on. So you have to be prepared for that, that concept. And I think, I like the idea that you brought up attrition rate because I think that's probably the thing people don't think about the most. Mm -hmm. um, and it's probably the hardest part is how do you always keep new people in the funnel? So for us, we do the BC stack each year. We reach out to 70 people around the world who we've never met before, for the most part. Um, and we get them to put to a product in the stack and then they uh, they help to market it, and that you know that becomes I don't know how I don't know how what we sold sixty thousand dollars in a week last year. Mm -hmm. um, you know that's a lot of new blood coming in. But also for clients, we will we'll reach out to every podcaster that that is anywhere near their niche and send them a proposal for that person to speak and on the podcast, so they can always be in front of new people. You know, like, like us at this moment talking about the membership, you know, being in front of new people is really the, the only chance that you have to overcome the attrition rate. Because you're right, attrition will take you down. You can have a big, a big, you know, launch party, get 2,000 people, but I tell you right now, at the end of month one, you don't have 2,000 people. That was okay. Because they joined another one that had similar content, and that's not bad, it's just a fact of life. Uh, somebody else is gonna be like, ah, I didn't have what I wanted. Because they read, they read it wrong. They wanted, you know, one one course about some obscure email marketing concept that you didn't have, so they are out. 
Um, and none of it's bad. You just have to be prepared that, that some percentage is going to stick around for a few months, and then another percentage is going to stick around for a while, but it's never 100%. Uh, you know, even in the infomercial world, we had we had save the sale campaigns where we did outbound calls to people who canceled to figure out what it was, product to keep them to stay. I mean, your a membership is no different than you know an auto ship product or or anything like that. You still have to you still have to have plans and figure out how am I gonna how am I gonna keep it interesting because there is nothing passive about membership. You gotta keep no. keep producing content. I mean, it's it's a beast, a beast. You mentioned, uh, you mentioned BC Stack. Uh, you know, I was a part of it for the last two years, and I'll be a part of it for the third one as well. A great resource. Ooh. I had a chance to look through uh, some of those resources. So highly recommend uh, grabbing your copy. Uh, there's a similar one, actually, for travelers. It's called the Paradise Pack, which my buddies uh, Travis and Jason put together. So highly recommend getting these kind of like expert knowledges in one bundle. Uh, BC Stack's definitely a great one for internet marketing, digital marketing, uh, blogging, social media, et cetera. So uh, Dan and Rachel, uh, you know, if people wanted to uh, maybe uh, hire you for some coaching, uh, join your membership site, uh, be a part of your community, listen to your podcast, subscribe to your YouTube uh, channel. How can they do all that, Dan, Dan and Rachel? I guess this is me. Nice try. Uh, you can find us. Our podcast is called Amplify Today. Amplify Today, and we're we're also switching it to uh, YouTube as well, just because we don't want to stay in the same spot. We want to keep moving, and then. You can find us at bloggingconcentrated.com, and then I also write at findingjoy.net. So we are all over the place uh, in the, the social media world, and I think I'm most excited about right now, and Dan will probably be cheering right here, is the pivot that we're doing with Amplify, yes. moving it from not only just the audio podcast, but the video component of it, the live video component of it. Uh, You'll see we have the studio now. Because I, I am, honestly, Ricky, I was skeptical of live video for a long time until I did a membership site with Finding Joy, and they, my community loves the live aspect, and I think it's because then everyone can see, wow, she's really a real person, or she has technical, like, when I have technical problems, sometimes they cheer, like, oh, thank goodness, there's, like, she's not perfect, or all that stuff, so I, there's something really powerful about video, and, um, yeah, did I miss spots you can find this? No, that's good. Okay, good. Uh, that's part of the reason we do uh, both a podcast and a video cast. So if you're watching this one on YouTube, uh, you'll be able to listen to it on iTunes too. Uh, and we actually have all the, the transcriptions. So we have the written version, the audio version, and the video version to help each other, uh, you know, people with different learning modalities. Some people like to listen, some people like to watch, and others like to read. Uh, so good on you for... Uh, three I mean you guys have so many resources everything from reading uh, to listening to watching to uh, being a part of a membership of course etc so uh, once again uh, you know uh, give a shout out to your website and uh, ways that people can connect, connect you on social media too I, I would say I don't know I would say bloggingconcentrate.com is where we are really um, on Facebook we have a group called free weekly mastermind uh, that we've had for probably six years uh, that we run, uh, but otherwise, blogging concentrated. And then I'm I'm Dan R Morris on everything, Facebook.com/slash and Twitter.com/slash, and you're finding underscore joy. Yeah, I'm still the underscore. I tell people that, so I'm finding underscore joy on Twitter and on Facebook. But then, 
you can see my own person. Not, not the word underscore. Yeah, just the line. But uh, Finding and then that dash that's on the bottom. <laughs> but everywhere else you can find uh, my Facebook page for Finding Joy is uh, Finding Joy blog. And uh, I, I really enjoy the community there. A lot of times we have clients go look at what we do for the community there because it's not about just quick numbers and growth in that way. It's about really authentic community and building community that sustains and lasts and that actually ends up liking what we do on the other parts of like with Amplify today and all of that. Awesome. Hey, thanks for your time today. Uh, live from your studio over there in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, looking forward to BC SAC this year. Looking forward to the launch of your YouTube uh, global, global uh, empire. And uh, you know all the other support helping. Uh, you know I, I know these guys personally, um, literally personally, because they've uh, hung out in my home and slept in my bed, etc. Not in my bed, but uh, in the next room. You know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> That's for another podcast. Uh, so, uh, there you go. There you go. Uh, part of the blooper reel. So thanks everyone for uh, tuning in. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to us. If you're listening on iTunes. Leave us a rating and review out of where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world.